0: We are in week number 26 in our 31 week journey through God's story, the Bible. And uh, this is uh, a uh, pretty exciting time today as we uh, are getting close to finishing up our journey through God's Word. How many of you are doing pretty well on your reading? Can I see how many of you are staying pretty close? Okay, good. Anybody in the balcony doing pretty good? Yeah? Okay. Very good. Keep it up. Just a few more weeks to go, and we'll be there. How many of you are familiar with Vince Lombardi? Ever, anybody ever heard that name? Okay, well, six times NFL champion. That was before there was such a thing as a Super Bowl. Yes, there was a time there was no Super Bowl, believe it or not. Uh, That's when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Uh, But then he also, in the first two Super Bowls, Vince Lombardi was the winning coach. So six times before there was a Super Bowl, and then he was the winner, winning coach. So generally considered the greatest football coach ever, at least generally considered the greatest NFL National Football League coach ever. Uh, He has a saying that has become well known and we're going to put it up here and uh, see if you've ever heard that, Uh, winners never quit and quitters never win. You ever heard that before? Any of you ever used that with your children before? Uh, I I think I have, Uh, guilty. Uh, and part of me, I think the athlete, the dad, the the warrior in us, we we look at that and we say, "I like that." Like you want to say it with me? Winners never quit, and quitters never win. And then there's another side of me that says, "Yeah, that's true." Except most of us, there's been a few things we've quit. How, how many of you have ever quit a job? Hold me. See your hands. Yep. Yeah. Really? Some of you have never quit a job? Or are you just too tired to raise your hands? Okay, I get it. Uh, uh, I, I suspect most of us have had a relationship or two that turned out to be not so good, maybe toxic, that you needed to back away from. And, and you look at that and you go, well, I, I, did, I did have to quit that relationship. So, uh, yeah, there's a side of us that really likes that. Winners never quit. And there's a part of us that says, yeah, but there are some times where we've we've actually been guilty of quitting. Uh, thanks, Dan. You can put that down now. Today we're going to look at a man who was considering quitting. There, there's a man in Scripture we're going to look at today. He was thinking about bailing on Jesus. Jesus had called him, and now today we're going to see a time where he's thinking about uh, going back to his old job. Uh, but before we stand and read from our Bibles, I just want to ask a question. Give me your eyes. Anybody here today thinking about quitting some significant area of your life? Could it be that some of you here today, you're going to identify with this person because there's, there's a major area of your life, maybe a really important relationship you're thinking about quitting. Maybe you're thinking about quitting uh, something to do with your job. Maybe it's you're about to quit your job and you're, you're giving that some consideration. Or maybe it has something to do with your faith. Maybe you're tired of uh, using your gifts. Maybe you're tired of following Jesus. Maybe you're tired of the church. Maybe you're tired of listening to that old pastor. I, I don't know, but I, I just wonder out loud if, if it could be that there are some folks here today Maybe no one else knows, but you're thinking about bailing and quitting in some area, perhaps some significant area of your life. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 21, would you please? Uh, we're going to look today at Peter, and Peter is convinced he's a total failure at following Jesus. He'd been following Jesus around for three years. Jesus said, come, and I want to teach you how to fish for men. And Peter, at this point, John 21, is convinced he's a loser. I I tried following Jesus. I tried fishing for men. I tried being a a disciple of Jesus, and it didn't work out well. And uh, he felt like he was a total failure, especially, we know, he denied Jesus three times. So he's tempted in John 21 to quit his calling to follow Jesus and go back to fishing for fish. Do you understand the context? He, he, he'd been called, come on, no longer fishing for fish, I want you to fish for men. And now Peter's saying, I think I'm going to go back to what I was pretty good at and fish for fish. If you're able, would you please stand? We're going to read John 21. I'm going to start in verse 2 and read down through verse 12. Would you read with me? Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. Because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore about a hundred yards. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, recording a time in Peter's life when he was tempted to quit. Lord, the truth is, uh, we'd like to think that we don't quit very often, but Lord, we're tempted to quit lots of times. And I suspect, Lord, there's some folks here today who are feeling a lot like Peter. So would you come and through your book, would you minister and speak and teach and challenge and convict? And Lord, you just come and do a work in us today here in your church. We're ready to hear. We're ready to respond. We're ready to learn today from you. Lord, uh, again, we're grateful that uh, your book, your power uh, of this inspired word, and your spirit are here today in your church. So would you, you come and speak? We want you to know, Lord, we're listening. We're ready to hear from you. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one voice. You may be seated. seems that when Peter brought up the idea to return to fishing, the others, several of the others, the disciples said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's go back and let's go fishing. We've tried that disciple's stuff for three years, weren't very good at it. And by the way, uh, it's pretty obvious, and, and most uh, commentators agree, they weren't just going back for a one-off, let's, let's go for old times' sake it seems that they were going back to fishing. We didn't do very good at that, that disciple stuff, so let's go back and do what we know best. Now, fishing on the Sea of Galilee was not a rod and a reel. You know that, right, Bill? It was nets, big, heavy nets. You'd throw at the right time, in the right place, usually at night, uh, and uh, then you got to pull those wet heavy nets back in. It was hard. It was back-breaking work. This wasn't what we would say, oh, that's fun. I like to fish. I don't think most of us would find this fun and pleasant and relaxing. No, it it was none of those things. Uh, Verse 3, interestingly, first night back on the old job, how much did they catch? Yeah, hold up for the universal sign for how much zip, nada, skunked. And now they're heading back to shore. First night back on the old job, I, I suspect there was a bit of discouragement, disillusionment. And they're thinking now, we were bad at being Jesus' disciples, and we're not doing very well back at fishing either. Verse 4, follow along with me. Stranger on the shore hollers out to the men. Uh, uh, somebody on about 100 yards offshore they are, and it's probably still a bit dark or maybe foggy, some suggest, but far enough away, dark enough, foggy enough, they couldn't see who was talking to them. Verse 5, the stranger asks a question that he already knew the answer to. You ever do that, parents? You ever ask a, par- ask a question? Any of you ever ask a question, you already know the answer, but you just want to kind of highlight, that's what's going on here. And he says, hey, friends, catch anything? (laughs) And uh, if you're a golfer and you've had a really bad day on the golf course and you've shot 110, uh, are are you happy when someone, when you get back uh, from golfing and now someone asks you, well, how did you shoot? (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, yeah, shot one fourteen. Or if you're a softball player and you went 0 for 4 that day, aren't you, aren't you pleased to come home and have somebody ask, well, how did you hit today? Uh, not so good. I, I didn't get a hit. It was it was bad day as I was hitting. Same thing is true for the fishermen. I, I think they weren't real happy to answer that question. But they do answer, no, we caught nothing. Uh, Thanks for asking. We got skunked. Um, In verse 6, the stranger says, Understand, they still don't know who they're talking to. Hey, why don't you throw your net just one more time on the other side of the boat? One more time, just on the right side this time. And this wasn't recorded, but I'm pretty sure whispering inside of the boat was... Why don't you keep quiet, mister? Who do you think you are? Why don't you get out of here and throw the net on the right side of the boat? I'm pretty sure, because uh, if I was in the boat, that's what I'd be. i have been up all night long, and now this stranger thinks he knows better than us professional fishermen. Many in that boat right there, they grew up on the Sea of Galilee, and now they have this stranger telling them what to do, but they do it which is kind of interesting cuz they throw it out one more time and when they pull the net in what happened so full of fish so heavy they couldn't it was they couldn't lift the net into the boat <laughs> that's a catch 156 large fish it says and uh, it's as though they realize when when The net is full, verse 7. John realizes it first, and then he says it, and then Peter says, you're right. Seems they were in their bathing suits, we would say. Uh, Peter throws his bathing suit, he's got it on, throws his robe on over his bathing suit and jumps in the water and heads to shore. Here's my question. What was it about that full net that made Peter know that was Jesus on the shore. Think with me, because okay, he, he still is in, he's still a hundred yards off, still a stranger. What was it about that full net that made Peter realize this isn't just a stranger, this is Jesus? Hold your spot. I want you to go back to the Gospel of Luke chapter five with me. Luke chapter five. Uh, I want to show you what I think it was that made Peter, no, this was Jesus. Luke 5, uh, we'll start with verse 4. Dan will put it up here on the wall. It says, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We've not caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Please understand, same lake, same fishermen... Three years earlier. Tracking with me? So this happened three years before. So they go ahead and they listen to Jesus. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. <laughs> so they signaled their partners in the other boat, hey, you better come over here. And both boats drag the net. And the boat started to sink. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away. I'm a sinful man. You, you must be God because you are the king of the seas. You are able to cause fish to come and jump into our nets. Um, and uh, verse 9, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for what? You're going to fish for people. You're going to be uh, fishers not of fish, but fishers of men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. They left everything on shore. And what did they do? We're going to follow you. Yeah, This fishing for fish, that's been our job our whole lives. But we're going to follow you. We're going to fish for men. Again, second miracle now as you go back to uh, John chapter 21 and and instantly... Peter was transported back three years earlier when uh, Jesus did that first miracle, and, and all of the fish are in his net, and it's, it's as though he's saying, Remember Peter? Remember Peter? When you realized who I was? I was the king of the sea then, and I am the king of the sea today. You left your boats, you left your nets, you chose to follow me and be fishers of men. Do you remember your calling, Peter? Peter? Do you remember what I've called you to, Pete? What's changed? (laughs) What's changed here? You left the fishing for fish business, and you decided passionately you would fish for people. What is it, Peter, that's changed in your life? And if you're here today, and you're thinking about quitting some area of your life, what's changed for you? What's going on that you're thinking about quitting? What's caused such discouragement that life isn't turning out the way you thought it would turn out, that you're considering bailing on some area of your calling? And I would say what he asked Peter to do is a great thing for us to do. Remember, he, he says to Peter, go back and remember that time I called you and you were so filled with passion and you were so filled with zeal that you literally left your, your nets and your boat on the shore and you just started following me. So I need to ask you, give me your eyes. When did that happen for you? When did Jesus grab a hold of your life and you said, yes, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, And with zeal and passion, you chose to follow Jesus and he set you free. Do you remember that day? I hope you do. Do you remember what what the circumstances were when Jesus grabbed a hold of you and you said, I'm following you. No turning back. I'm all in. And I would suggest to you that when we're discouraged, when we're thinking about quitting, a great thing to do, give me your eyes, A great thing for us to do is to go back to when Jesus called us to himself. When Jesus said, come, follow me. And and we go back there, and I'm telling you, when you realize, oh yeah, there's been some things that have changed. There's been some things that have brought discouragement. But I was all in. I remember. Now John 13 records the Last Supper. Uh, John 21 records the last breakfast. Um, Think about that for a second. How many of you uh, love breakfast? Can I see? Because a lot of people don't care for breakfast. Okay, we'll hear from you too. How many of you, you're not breakfast people? Yeah, you can just soon skip it. Okay, there's a few of you. Uh, How many of you especially love breakfast when someone else cooks it for you? Yep, yep, lots of mom's hands just shot up. Yep, I like pancakes and... Waffles when someone else is making it. Anyway, uh, verse 9, um, here is the verse. If you, like to, uh, if you like to go out and you like to cook on the grill, this is your verse. Look at verse 9, because who was the original cook-on-the-grill guy? It was Jesus, okay? So verse 9, Jesus is, is cooking fish. Over charcoal fire. Two times in the New Testament, charcoal fire is mentioned. This is one of them. Any, any guesses where the other one was? Remember when Peter was warming his hands and Jesus was being beaten and then uh, intimidated and yelled at by the teachers of the law, by uh, the high priest? Remember that when that happened? And, and Peter's out there warming his hands by the charcoal fire. That's the other time that a charcoal fire is mentioned in the New Testament. Do, do you think maybe Jesus is sending a little message here to Peter? Because he, he he now needs to be reminded, Yeah, Peter, uh, that was you back in front of that other charcoal fire. Do you you think that maybe the aroma of that charcoal fire maybe spoke to Peter? I I suspect it did. And now around a campfire, slide down to verse 15, Jesus is going to ask Peter a question, the same question, three times. Peter, do you love me more than these? How how many times had Peter denied Jesus? Jesus. Do you remember how many times? So Jesus is going to ask the hard question to restore Peter to his calling, to remind Peter of his new calling. And now he's denied Jesus three times. Now three times he needs to say, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And I want you to look at verse 15, because I think, this is huge. Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter, do you love me more than these? What is the these? Verse 15. Are you ready? (laughs) Jesus is pointing, slide back to verse 11. Jesus is pointing back to this large pile of slimy, scaly fish. Think with me now. Jesus is saying, do you love me more than these 153 large, slimy fish that you just caught? Because I caused them to jump into your net. You got skunked, but I told them to jump in your net. And, and Peter, I, I got a question. Do you love me more than these fish? Peter, you were thinking about bailing on me, weren't you? Peter, you were thinking about quitting your calling and going back to fishing. Uh, Peter, you, you wanted to go back and fish for fish. Are, are you going to realize that you're no longer a fisher of fish, but now you are a fisher of people? You're a fisher of men. And I love the fact, give me your eyes, I love the fact that Jesus isn't looking for perfect people to be a part of his team. Aren't you glad about that? I like the fact that, that Jesus is saying, yeah, you messed up and you messed up big time, Peter, but I'm calling you back to fish for people. And Peter, I'm going to use you, and I want you to be a part of taking care of the sheep in the new family, but Jesus is not looking for people who got it all together, how many of you would say, I like that? I like the fact, Jesus, you're, you're not demanding perfection. You're not expecting people who have no flaws or, or have no uh, baggage in their life. Okay, there's four of us that like that. But the rest of us, yeah, uh, you must be those perfect ones. But the, the rest of us are thinking, you know... I'm not a perfect person, and I realize I'm really glad. Even if I'm tempted to bail and quit, even if I've messed up in a major way like Peter did, uh, you know what, Jesus? You want to use me. You want to come and be a part. Even if I disappointed someone in in a massive way, even if I sinned and I fell flat in the mud, Jesus, you want to use me. So so what are the fish in your life? Jesus said to Peter, Hey, Peter, do you love me more than these fish? What are the fish for you? What are the fish that you're tempted to love more than you love Jesus? Jesus. And, and as I think about that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we could say. You know, I got this hobby that really is, it's really kind of more than a hobby. It's like my passion. Or I've got this relationship, and I know it's really not a great relationship, but man, am I enjoying it. Or, or I have this thing, uh, this man-made thing, and man, does it go fast, and it's fun, and it's shiny, and, and, and I have this wonderful place that I live in and I really love my house. No, 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 I, I really have this pet sin and wow, is it fun for me to, to exercise this pet sin. Do you understand? Do you, do you love me, Jesus says, more than your fish? And that really is the question all of us have to answer. Are you ready for the rest of the story, Paul Harvey? Peter was restored to fishing for people. Peter uh, went on to powerfully lead the early church. Peter fed the lambs, took care of the sheep, fed the flock. Lord used him in marvelous ways. And Peter got to preach the very first sermon. Very first sermon ever preached in church, because the church starts in Acts chapter 2, and when he preaches in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people hear Peter preach and respond and become followers of Jesus. This guy who was tempted to quit, tempted to bail on Jesus, the Lord uses him in powerful ways. It really is. Um, One final verse. If you're a little weary, a little discouraged, thinking about quitting some area of your life, uh, Galatians 6.9 should become your friend, okay? And, and this is the final uh, thought as we uh, wrap this up this morning. Galatians six nine says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think you should read that with me, okay? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Want to cement it one last time? Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus will never quit on you. Jesus will never quit on you. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep running back. Let's pray as we close. Lord, thank you for recording this true story of you coming to Peter and restoring him back to ministry. And Lord, you you inspired it and you uh, preserved it and you got it here for us for a reason. Lord, I suspect there's some of my friends here today. They've uh, gotten discouraged. They've gotten knocked down. They've messed up. They've blown it, maybe repeatedly. So, Lord, for any who are considering quitting their calling, any who are considering quitting some significant area or relationship, Lord, would you speak? We're listening. Lord, take us back to that time when You called us to Yourself. Take us back to when when we were passionate to live strong for You. Lord, remind us of that day You called us to follow You. Lord, I pray for those uh, who are thinking that they're a failure. Help them to realize you don't demand perfection. There was only one perfect, and they put you on the cross. And James 4.8 says it clearly. If we'll turn and move towards you, you'll, you're already ready to turn and run toward us. So we love that. Lord, help us to not give up. We look forward to that harvest you have in mind for us. Help us not to quit and give up. And if you're here today and you need somebody to listen and pray with you and pray for you, I'd encourage you, make your way to the prayer chapel after this service. Lord's knocking and you're saying, you know, I I really could use somebody to listen and pray for me. Make your way to the prayer chapel afterwards. And now as we close and the ushers come forward, uh, Lord, we're about to give our gifts to that benevolent fund And Lord, thank you that we can help those in the church family who are in need. And thank you as well in the Community Needs Program, we can help those in the community who are in need. So Lord, I'm asking that you might take these gifts that we're about to give, and Lord, would you use them to bring encouragement and bring hope to folks in our church family and those in the community. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.